Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creators of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, I am joined by Robert Young as we discuss the premiere episode of the Disney Plus original series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hey, Robert, welcome to the Spectrum Lounge. Hey, it is great to be here. <laughs> I, I love listening to the podcast, so it's kind of fun to finally get a chance to be on and talk with you. Yay! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I was like I've got to get Robert on one of these episodes. Uh, Robert and I, but for we've known each other on Twitter for how many years now? Ooh, like six or seven, something like that? Maybe longer. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, Robert is one of, is like one of my favorite people on Twitter. He is unproblematic, <laughs> you know, a blurred, you know, a black man who's here for black women. I love Definitely. it. I've never I've never seen you say or tweet or retweet anything ashy or so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's my Although we've never met in, met, met each other in person. Yeah, you're so one we, of the few people I haven't met in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I got to have Robert on because we knew uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had been announced. I think it was 2019 at um, San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. I think, yeah. And so, you know, because of the pandemic, there was a little bit of, um, I think it was supposed to air in 2020, right? But then Yeah, I think so. it was supposed to be the first one out. Oh, yeah. And then they made WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I, I think they couldn't finish up all the effects and stuff they needed to do for this, so they moved Wandavision up. Okay, well, I actually think it's a good move. I, we'll we'll see, but I think I mean based on the reactions of Wandavision, a lot of people loved it. So I think it it was a good strong start. Um, and I think Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm I'm hoping that people will keep an open mind because I saw some people, you know, who are, you know, who loved WandaVision. I saw things like, you, you know, critiques or reviews that were like, oh, well, I like WandaVision because it's not like the other superhero yeah. shows. I'm like, but it's, <laughs> let me not go there. I'm like, let me not go there. Let me not go there. I was yeah. like, we can enjoy all sorts of things. I love, sh- I love action and people shooting rays from their eyes or they like i don't care i love that shit as long as there's a story yeah well written yeah i have seen a lot of other people though like oh this is the one they like they feel more comfortable with this one because it's more than marvel they know so they're they're really excited about this so that's good i think so too yeah so um we were able to screen um the first episode it will be dropping (laughs) 3 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time on Disney Plus, and you know people are going to be up uh-huh. waiting. Yeah, yeah, because I I actually started doing that. Usually, I'm I'm the sort of person who's like, if it comes out, I'll wait until the morning or lunchtime to watch it, or if I come home from work. But starting with the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is what got me up at 3 a.m. Mm. I would I would literally set up my alarm, and I was like, because I can't wait. Yeah, I got to see Baby Yoda. What are they going to get into this week? Yeah. I definitely started doing it for WandaVision because I couldn't even get on Twitter without oh getting spoiled. So I was like, I'm not even going to get on. I'm just going to get up, watch it, and then I'll get on. <laughs> Can we just – these people are the worst. They are the they're, absolute worst. They're horrible. They're horrible. They're worst. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. That's why I had to do the same thing for WandaVision because people don't know how to shut up. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, yeah. So anyway, Falcon and the Winter Soldier basically takes place. I guess maybe like a few months or a couple of, maybe a year after Endgame, right? We we know that um, one of the final scenes of Endgame, we saw Steve 
coming back as a very old man and he basically passes on the shield to Sam and he was like, you're going to be the next Captain America. And so Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that is one of the main storylines of Sam coming to terms with this immense legacy mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. burden and it's like and how he deals with that. Exactly. Um, so I'll, I'll start with you. What did what did you think of the of the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh I thought it was fantastic. It was uh, a little s- I thought it was like going to be all action to be honest or you know heavily based on the action and we got a bit of that. But they really took a deeper dive into both of the side character or the main characters, you know, uh, Sam and and Bucky's uh, background than I ever expected. And, and, and for them to like jump off like that, just digging in, um, got me excited. Yeah. Because even after all these movies, we really don't know that much about these two, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's a great start to, to like really digging into their backgrounds right right so let, let's start so let's take a few steps back and we'll we'll start with sam right mm-hmm. um uh the character of sam wilson was introduced in uh, falcon and the winter soldier he starts out as you know just a friend of steve's that, that famous opening scene when they're running around the washington monument is it oh yeah, yeah captain washington? america the winter soldier yep yes the winter soldier and we know that sam um is a is a vet and he runs a sort of uh, like group therapy sessions for other uh, former veterans who yes. suffer from PTSD. And then he becomes an ally, um, you know, when uh, Black Widow and, and Cap understand that they're up against uh, that shield has been pro- compromised by Hydra. And he basically, you know, volunteers his service and he becomes, I don't want to say a sidekick, more like a partner. I'm going to say a partner. Yeah. To, yeah to he kind of played himself down. When they first, mm-hmm. when he first introduced himself to Cap, yes. you know yes. his background. Anyway, that you know he was right. the special shot with this special equipment. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah," and it was like, "Oh yeah, we've actually got this." You know, these bionic wings and yeah. whatever. And then it was just like, "Oh okay, um, yeah." So we had the introduction from that, and then in Civil War, and well, actually, he was in Age of Ultron too. I mean, briefly, yeah, yeah briefly. Yeah, but um, so what did what do you think as far as like the evolution of Sam's character up to this point at Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, and particularly the MCU's take on Sam Wilson compared to let's say the comic book canon of Sam Wilson? How do you feel that that the MCU has handled uh, that character? I, I actually feel like the MCU has handled a, a little better than the comics because for the comics, Sam was a sidekick for a long time and mm. he really didn't become, you know, a main character until the MCU Sam, ki- right. you know, kicked off. And with the MCU, uh, Sam, he was, you know, in, in Captain America, the winter soldier, he played kind of a side role, but you got an ideal of his capability. But once uh civil war came, uh, he had, you know, his own, like, equipment, his own costume. Stark had hooked him up. I, th- yeah. I think by that time, he had the drone added mm-hmm. to his... So well, what's he kinda, his name? Red, Red Wing, right? Yeah, Red Wing. Yeah, he kind of yeah. came into his own uh, in Civil War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though he hasn't had, like, a large part in, like, Endgame and uh, 
in Infinity War. You know, he he's always been at Cap's side, and you know him and uh, him and Bucky have always had that great banter from Jump, right. <laughs> basically. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at least starting in Civil War. Yeah, well, I I was reading art. I was uh, seeing some interviews with um, the head writer Malcolm Spellman, who's a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, like he was talking in the interviews, he was talking about uh, how he pitched himself and the concept for Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Kevin Feige and the other you know oh, Marvel nice. executives. Yeah, and he was like, you know, I really wanted to. Um, You know, he was like, I really wanted to dig deeper into who Sam is as a person, particularly his family life, which we'll get to uh, Mm -hmm. shortly. And yeah, but he was just like, you know, I I wanted I think what was interesting is that he was like, I wanted to really examine who Sam is without Captain America. What is he like without Steve Rogers? And those opening scenes um where they have like this dedication ceremony, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, there's there's going to be spoilers, so if you have not <laughs> seen, because we got to talk about it, we got to yeah. talk about it. If, if you have not seen the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, please press pause and then come back. And then come back. Yeah. So I'll tell you what the opening scenes uh, where Sam, uh, you know, it kind of takes the shield and he decides to donate it. I think it's the Smithsonian, right? Yeah. So yep. we, we already had that Captain America exhibit that we saw in Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, and I think then, that was first in Winter Soldier that they, they yeah, showed that. They did, yes. And they actually had a little thing at the side with, with Bucky. Of course, in Winter Soldier, we didn't know Bucky was Winter Soldier but because um, they were best friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so Sam decides, and I felt, and I agree with... Um, Malcolm Spellman, the head writer with this, I agreed with the creative choice that he made. He was like a black man taking on the mantle and the shield of Captain America is very much, is very different than a white man Mm -hmm, holding that shield. And so I, and I think, and especially for you being a a vet, I'm sure you can add some insight into that um, because you served in, in the, the air force. It's like, it's, it's this very, love hate relationship of black people who have served in the military and and they love their country a country that does not always love them absolutely, back. absolutely. so I, I i just wanted to get your take on those that opening scene because it, it made me very emotional yeah like, wow. it made me very emotional too because i've definitely felt a lot of the exact same things that sam uh showed in that in that first scene um i'm like proud i'm proud i served 20 years i'm retired um, I, I did a lot of really cool and interesting things, but to come home and to still have, you know, the police, you know, killing us and, and, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's always been hard for me to, uh, to deal with that. And the, it seems like the longer I've been retired, the more and more, uh, it, it's hard to, to reckon, to reckon with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think now 10 years being retired, I'm, I feel a little less and less proud of the 20 years I did in. Um, but yes, you, you kind of struggle with it because you feel like you did good, some good stuff, but you come back and you feel like, well, maybe it was all for nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Sam kind of feels like that. I mean, especially later and some other stuff that happens later on, um, in the episode that like, you know, I saved the entire world, the the universe 
and I come back and I have to deal with this still, you know? <laughs> still black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still black. Save the universe. And I come back and have to deal with this. Right, right. And it was it was just... Um, so he decides, you know, in the ceremony, he gives back the shield. He, mm-hmm. give, he donates the shield to this exhibit because basically he's like, I don't want to be Captain America. Like, yeah. so that's the decision. So we, we left Endgame with him having the shield and he kind of felt like, I think he says it felt, it feels like it belongs to someone else. Yeah, right. That's exactly what um, he said. Yeah. And so in this episode, now we realize that this is the decision that Sam has made. He decides that he does not want to take on the mantle of Captain America. He, he is still, um, helping, right? Because I think he's mm-hmm. he's working with the with the military. Yeah. Um, and so he's still Falcon, but he was like, so I kind of like that idea of this black man who's like, let me be real, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's be, let's be real with who Captain America was uh-huh. and the fact that it's a very complicated history. And I think it would have been disingenuous if they had done this show, let's say with a white showrunner, right? Yeah. Would have oh, just, just, just had Sam just running up and be like, yeah, I'll be the next cat. <laughs> and it's like, mm, yeah, no, that's not, I don't think that's how a lot of black men would feel. They yeah. would just be like, this is a very complicated history. And I also loved, again, spoilers. I was very, very happy with that cameo with Don Chico. Yeah. I had that written down in my notes. I was like, Please, as soon as I saw Rhodey. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about that. Because I was like, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, in all the movies that they've been in together, they've rarely even interacted with each other, have they? Abs- yeah. No, because they were on opposite sides. Yeah. Rhodey was Tony's friend and he was, you know, Steve's friend. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was deep to finally just get those two brothers that are both, you know, Air Force vets, military vets, mm-hmm. um, both pilots in a way, you know, Rhodey wasn't a pilot, you know, special ops pilot the way that Sam was. But in the end, they're both, you know, combat air vets. And it's just really cool to see them have that real talk about Steve and Captain America and, you know, carrying on the shield. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I really, and I agree with you, I really like the scene because I think one of the things that I thought was really cool is the fact that um, the MCU had, especially with Rhodey and Sam's character, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes there's that stereotype like all Black people know each other and all Black people think the same. (laughs) And they don't because I I, I think back to that scene in Civil War when they were debating the Sokovia Awards, Mm -hmm. right? And, and and, And I felt that Sam and Rody both gave compelling arguments, but they didn't agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They didn't agree, so it was like respectfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is what I think. You know, Rody was like, "Yeah, we we do need to be put in check, and these Sokovia Accords can help us to regain the trust of the public." And you know, Sam was sort of like agreeing with Steve, where like sometimes we need to go places they may not want us to go. Like so, which is why I love Civil War. That scene is just one of the best. Just and debating, the, the interesting like, thing about that scene with those two yeah. is like their military backgrounds kind mm-hmm. of kind of play to that because Rhodey is a pilot, and pilots are like checklist oriented, and yeah. you know they're like really by the book for the most part. You know, there's um, you, you get the whole Top Gun Maverick thing, but most mm-hmm. pilots, at least in the Air Force, they're really about like following, you know, to the second, 
and checklist oriented, whereas Sam was a special operations operator. And that's, you know, doing stuff on the fly and being able to adapt. So I feel like that kind of played to their backgrounds. That's interesting. I never thought it. See, this is why you're on the show. <laughs> I just, no, I definitely see that. Yeah, because Rhodey is very... Because that's why Rhodey's friendship with Tony is actually very interesting because mm-hmm. Tony is very impulsive. Yep. Because we saw that in the first Iron Man. Well, that was Rhodey 1.0 with Sarah <laughs> Powers. Which, by the way... That I was beta Rhodey. That was I didn't think that he did a bad job. I actually like Terrence Howard's take on Rhodey. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think he was I didn't think he did a bad job either. But no, I like I, I definitely like uh I oh, like Don the Cheadle. new Rhodey better. Don's better. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause I think cause cause Don Cheadle is he's very smart and he's on his toes. The same way like you know, Robert Downey Jr. is very mm-hmm. uh off the cup with the quips. Don Cheadle exactly. is exact equal. You know what I mean? Um yep. But yeah, I, I never, but yeah, even in the friendship with, with Tony and Rhodey, like Tony is a hothead and he's like, I want to do this. And Rhodey be like, mm, maybe we should mm. think this, you know what I mean? Think yeah, this he through. reels them in. He reels them in. <laughs> so, and, and of interest, Rhodey, I mean, sorry, uh, Ro- the Rhodey character, Don Cheadle is getting his own Disney Plus series. Yeah, that's Armor Wars, Wars, right? Yeah. I cannot tell you how freaking excited I am for this because you and I have, have had these conversations and I was like, Going forward in phase four, I mean, Kevin Feige said this too, that he really wants wanted to lean into more inclusion and diversity. And we see that with the rollout with Captain Marvel 2, mm-hmm. um, you know, with um, the, the Shang-Chi movie, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, yep. the Shang-Chi movie Shang-Chi. that's coming out. And, and the Eternals is a very inclusive cast. So I'm very glad, like, you know, some people say things, they give lip service, but then it's like, okay, where are the black people? Where are the Asian people? Where are the yeah. Latinos? And I do feel that Disney is putting their mouth where, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. So Yeah, and um, I feel like in Armor Wars, you think we'll get mm. to see Lionheart in that? Man, I hope so. Got to. <laughs> got to. I mean, she fits right in there, right? Yes. because And, and she's getting her own series, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that'd be a good way to intro her. I think so, too. Like, I, you know, when I watched um, Spider-Man Far From Home, and they were just like, well, who's going to be the next Iron Man? And I'm like, why are you acting like Rhodey's not there? Like, why are you? <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was, like, I was like, all right. But yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I am glad to see. What's interesting, and I wanted to talk to you about this, is like, for the most part, like the first three phases of the the MCU, right? I mean, while it was very, very white, but Mm -hmm. we started to see some color bleed in there. Exactly. Um, But there really wasn't ever really a conversation about race. But what I realized is that as each respective phase closed out, it felt to me that the MCU was starting to lean more into world, real world issues, right? Yeah. Um, that, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like the first Avenger did it, but it was like just things like as far as race and gender and sexism and all of that. Um, I, I, you know, I noticed that there was more of an intention, um, at least with sexism and uh, misogyny. We definitely got that with the Agent Carter, the way Peggy mm-hmm. had to navigate through all men's world. So I was like, yes, OK, let's talk about that. Um, and then as far as race for me. To me, it felt like the first time that they ever, the two instances that I felt like they touched on race in the MCU mm-hmm. was one, that scene in Winter Soldier with uh, Nick Fury, 
when he's driving and then that cop oh, the cop stops up. him yep yeah now we, now we know they're they're shield agents but nick didn't know that but he just kind of gave them a look like and like mm-hmm. I'm a black man driving this car. Like it. Like I think Sam is r- such a great actor. Like you felt it. I don't think a lot of white viewers that would have went over their heads. Yeah, they probably didn't see that. Yeah, but I think for us, we knew what that was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, you know Hydra is really Nazis, white supremacy. <laughs> so right there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the second time, which amazingly, it was actually uh, Sam's character. This was the end of Civil War, where uh, basically Team cap gets arrested and they're on that you know floating prison mm-hmm. and tony goes to visit them right because now tony has figured out that it's really zemo who set up bucky and all of that or whatever so tony goes to the floating prison and when he goes to sam's um cell and sam says something to the effect of like oh you're not gonna mark firm in me and I was like, I, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. My heart stopped. I was like, did he just fucking say, did the name <laughs> Mark Freeman was just mentioned in the fucking MCU? He what? sure did. He sure and did. For anyone who doesn't know, Mark Furman was one of the white cops who was, you know, during the OJ Simpson trial and it came out, came out that he was quite racist and had a really bad tracker track record in, you know, harassing black people and arresting them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, huh okay okay sam all right so then it was a question and then of course black panther came out and that was just like full-on blackness um but yeah but like with the first episode of falcon and the winter soldier i feel like there is now a commitment Mm -hmm. like we're gonna talk yeah like we're gonna talk about racism okay (laughs) in this and this marvel cinematic universe we need to see what that right up front right from jump yeah yeah, I was like, wow, this is um all right. So so let's talk about Bucky. So we've talked about Sam. So Bucky, um, the character was first introduced in, of course, uh Captain America First Avenger. He was Steve's best friend. And during a mission, he was shot and dropped off a train, and so we thought he died, right? And then come to find out in Winter Soldier that he had actually been Uh, recruited by Hydra and was sort of like this master assassin. So he's like this 96 year old (laughs) (laughs) assassin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, he must be myth because who could live that long killer, you know, going around (laughs) killing people or whatever. Um, But I just wanted to get your thoughts on as far as like Bucky's character, sort of like his evolution. And also for me, I feel like Bucky is very much a stand in for like PTSD. Mm, Right. So what what are your thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on Bucky's character? Yeah, he's um it's it's kind of weird because he seems to me he's like a character that, that he feels like he's come a long way in one sense, but it also feels like his his you know, his his shady background of, you know, being uh mind controlled and being an assassin just constantly keeps popping back up to his life every time he tries to like move past it. So, it's yeah, he I mean, he's definitely he just kind of wants to be left alone at this point, but you know that background just keeps coming back to haunt him. Yeah, and and I appreciate I actually appreciate that because um, I I don't feel that it would be right mm-hmm. to just take Bucky and just be like, all right, you know, because the last time we saw him, well, before um, Infinity War, the, uh, at the end of Civil War, he was in Wakanda, and they basically right. used. Um, 
Bucky asked for that. And I thought that was such a that was such a powerful scene where he was like, I'm a danger to myself and other people mm-hmm. around me. And I need to be taken out of the equation. Yeah. So he's, you know, put in this pod, like a cryo freeze or whatever, where they basically worked their Wakandan tech magic to deprogram him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um and then, yeah, and then it was just sort of like I appreciate the fact that he is still haunted by that and mm-hmm. and and has a conscience because you know some characters could have just been like, well, it's not my fault. I mean, I was just you know brainwashed. Was it my fault, Hydra? Ha ha ha. Yeah. But he's a man who's like, I because it was a scene. There was something he said in Civil War when Tony found out that he had killed his parents. Um, and Tony was like, do you even remember like the people that you killed? And Bucky was like, I remember each and every one. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, not yeah. only do you have all those memories, but you've lived so long. So mm-hmm. you have like way more memories than a normal person would have. That's got to be rough. Jeez. Yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no amnesia. There's no, you know, old people memory. There's no... Alzheimer's like his he look he's 96 but he has he's whatever age he he's like the the mentality of a 36 year old exactly yeah because of the serum yeah so that's gotta be interesting so the, if the so the opening scene with Bucky we actually see him in therapy yeah yeah that's right and, that's right and can I just say that I love the fact that we have a man who's like, I got to be on the couch. I mean, we understand that that was part of his condition and being pardoned is that he had to talk to a therapist. Of course, I'm like, damn, Wanda, if you had done the same shit, we wouldn't have to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what you needed. You needed a freaking therapist. So yeah. I appreciate I appreciate that Bucky is like, all right, well, I've got to take responsibility and I've got to take ownership for what, I, for what I've done. And so we're understanding that. Uh, what's interesting is that Originally, like, because it, it starts with a flashback where he's the Winter Soldier, like an assassin. That's mode. right. That's right. And he and he's on a mission, and he um he kills who these people are. I guess they were evil. I don't know. But there's this Asian American man who, unfortunately, is an unwitting witness witness to it. To it. Yeah. And Bucky and Winter Soldier kills him, mm-hmm. right? And so Bucky's got to deal with that because I believe that Bucky is friends with the father of that victim yeah yeah Which, I fe- no, yeah, no i was gonna say i feel like he he probably purposely mm-hmm. tracked down the father of the victim because he wants to do some kind of penance oh. but i don't think he really knows what to do yeah you know? so- yeah, yeah. So it's what's interesting is like it's before he had a kill list, right? Remember that little mm-hmm. notebook he had where he had a little list of people he needed. So now his list is different. Now it's a list of trying to right the wrongs yeah, exactly. to the people. And I appreciate that because I mean like after the end of Civil War, um, you know, I, of course we had that battle at the end or whatever. I was mm-hmm. just wondering, I was like, all right, so is like after everything, his interaction with Tony and knowing that he killed Tony's parent, parents, how is that going to affect him? And so yeah. I'm glad that we're seeing that he's still carrying the burden of that mm-hmm. and that he has a conscience and he's bothered by that. Um, I mean, we could have a whole other conversation as to why he's not in freaking prison, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another thing, you know what I mean? But I guess they figure, uh, yeah, we might as well 
be able to keep an eye on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I was telling t- talking to you earlier and saying that it reminds me of the whole thing with the Black Widow trying to clear the blood out of her ledger. And oh, he's, he's doing yes. a, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting to kind of see him like struggle through that. Like, because at first I was like, it can't be just a coincidence that this man, that the man he's befriended is like the father of the victim. You know, um, I didn't even catch on to that till like yeah. right near the end. I was like, oh, that's the father. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, ooh, that's going to be, I mean, there, there's going to be some some complications with mm-hmm. that because, you know, we'll see how that, but yeah, so it's just interesting to see like these two storylines converge because, you know, the thing with Bucky and Sam is that the connective tissue between the two of them was Steve. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they weren't really friends with each other. Mm-hmm. They worked together and fought, you know, fought opposite each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that Steve is gone, it's like, what does that really mean? Like what, you know what I mean? Like I've had friendships where it's like, we had a mutual friend in common and when that person's not there anymore. Yeah. It's, just like, it's like, what are we? What are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and then it's interesting to kind of see like what the, the legacy of Captain America means to each of them, what it mm. means for Sam and then what it means for Bucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I did want to run uh, one of the characters that I did want to talk about and they introduced him all the way at the end. And that scene made me want to fight somebody. <laughs> um, so we know that Sam, so like I said, Sam had given up the shield. He was like, I don't want to be Captain America anymore. And, you know, the the other people that were there were like, yeah, you're right. We should retire the legacy of Captain America, blah, blah, blah. And then um, his sister turns on the television. She was like, you need to watch this. Mm. And it's that same old white dude who said that they should retire Captain America. Now he's giving a press conference talking about, well, we need heroes. We need Uh new heroes. And then out comes this man. (laughs) I call him a fake fake cap, fake Captain America with Steve's shield. And I was like, oh, hell no. And it was like, wow, talk about a fucking insult. Like, all right. You You could tell by the look on Sam's face that he was like, uh, he, he got got. (laughs) <laughs> he got got. So you're the Marvel expert here. Who is this character and what has been the history of that specific character in the Marvel in Marvel comics? Well, the character is US agent. Um and I'm pretty sure he came around around the time of like the West Coast Avengers mm-hmm. as a replacement for Cap. I think Cap at that point during uh, the comic run that Cat was off, he was either off being a nomad or something else uh, under another guise, and he came on. And he's he's he was another person, of course, affected by the serum, but he's like a really like oh narcissistic type of oh, dude. Boy. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was like really like why would you even want this dude to be Cap? Mm-hmm. So he's he's like a different kind of dude. He's and he he actually carries a gun also too. So what? which kind of oh, goes along. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed it uh mm-hmm. in the episode, but yeah, he has mm-hmm. a holstered gun also mm-hmm. along with the shield. So which kind of fits America, to be honest, right? Hello. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so I'm really interested to see where they go with that. Like, especially with the whole gun thing. Along yeah. with, you know, his, like, he's really, like, reminds me of, like, 
what America, what Captain America would be like under a Trump, you know, yes, government, you know, right. that's kind of the vibe that I always got from him in the comics. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there like, I know Sam must have been like, all right, so let's talk about the fact that number one, the original Captain America said that I was good enough to carry his mantle, but I decided not to. So then you bastards just picked some guy because here's the thing. And I'm sure Sam was thinking it too, mm-hmm. is the fact that when he said he didn't want to be Captain America, they didn't fight for him. No, nope. You understand what nope. I'm saying? It wasn't even yep. like, no, 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 Sam, you, you, you should take the mantle up. You know what I mean? Yep. It was sort of like, oh, here, thank you. Thank you, colored man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take it from here. So it was just, it's almost like a dismissal of Sam. Like, we don't, like, in a low key, like, we don't even think of black. We didn't man want you anyway. Uh, okay. And I was like, wow, that is. So I'm already ready for episode two, but that just made me like, damn. <laughs> I feel, I feel <laughs> like they didn't even wait a day. Like, I know it was probably more than a day. Yeah. It was probably at least a couple days, but it felt like he just like turned around and gave gave it away. Jeez, I was like, nah, this is not cool, yo. And, no, um, not at all. But it's but it's like but it's like in that episode, like I've seen Sam in you know all of the MCU movies, but I feel like this episode is the closest that I've ever felt to him. And Me I think too. a lot a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is a black man writing for him, that there are black mm. writers behind it. And it's like just seeing him like suffer a little like a million little indignities and microaggressions. Like mm-hmm. just ugh, you know what I mean? Like the scene with the bank, right? Yep. Exactly. Um, so let me just say first that one of the things that I really loved about Falcon and Winter Soldier is we are opening up, we are opened up to Sam Wilson's family. We understand that he is from the South, I believe Louisiana, right? Yep. And so, and his family, they are fishermen. And yeah, so I think they were shrimpers. Probably. Shrimpers. Yeah. And so it's this boat and he's coming back. So after all these adventures we've seen him in from phase two and three, <laughs> he's coming back to like normal everyday problems. Like his sister, he has a sister named Sarah Wilson, played by the wonderful Adapera Uduye. And I already know that she's going to steal this damn show. <laughs> and so she's been running the family business. And they she says this in the conversation. She was like, I thought this was the deal. The deal was you go off and be a hero and I run the family business and you don't tell me what to do, okay? <laughs> I don't tell you how to be Falcon. You don't tell me how to run this shit. Exactly. You don't tell me how to run this business. And so I love the relationship between the two of them because she is not intimidated by him nope, you know a lot of people like oh you're falcon and she was like whatever you know what i mean <laughs> like she was just like and she's not afraid to stand up to him and whatever and but yeah so basically we find out that the because of the blip the the, the five-year blip had affected her she was raising her two sons on her own um and so the i think they go to the bank to get a loan because she was like, this boat is old. Sam didn't want to get a new boat, but she was like, listen, we can't, you know, we can't grow the business with this. We we need something newer, more up to date, whatever. So they go to the bank to get a loan. And the loan officer first is like some Falcon fan where he's like, Yeah. yeah, like, oh my God, whatever. And then he sits there and he denies them the loan. I was like, because then he starts asking like these questions like, well, what was your income? And Sam was like, well, I didn't have any income the last five years because I wasn't freaking here because I was blipped. You know what I mean? And he was like, but I am working. But he was like, but I am working with the military on special ops. And these are, this is my future. Because Sam, I guess, did some sort of sheet or expense sheet where he was like, this is the 
income that I will be bringing in. Right. right. And yep. this guy, this loan officer was like, nah, nah, <laughs> nope. Wow. I really mm. sat, I really sat with that scene. I had to pause it. And I had to really sit with that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Kind of because I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting to see a scene like that. You know, they haven't really touched on stuff like that at all in, in, in the Marvel stuff. So that was really heavy. Whew, I was just like, and because the thing is, Sarah kind of was like, I think Sarah had already She knew in. it. She knew what Adrian was going to But Sam has a certain optimism, right? He's mm-hmm. like, I'm an, I'm an Avenger. Like, I've saved the world. Like, how many mm-hmm. times? Of course you guys are going to give me a loan. And it just, what was that old joke? You know, what do you call a college-educated man with a college degree? Uh, what do you call a, man, uh, a black man with a college degree? The N-word, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, so what, what do you That's call a black man? That's basically what played out. Yeah, so what do you call a black man with a superhero suit? Yeah, you know what I mean? The the N-word. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And on top of all that, to be asking for selfies. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Just no self-awareness whatsoever. None at all. And it just felt, like, that scene felt really grounded to me. Like, I was like, all right, so we're going to talk. So, finally, the MCU, we wanna, we're we going to talk some real shit here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm just, I was, so I'm really excited to see what these next five episodes are yeah, going to bring. So, let's talk about some theories. There's a lot of theories going on, you know what I'm saying, with WandaVision. <laughs> now, you and I, now you and I, we've watched all this, you know, we've been reading the articles and we've been following all the trailers and the promos and stuff. And I remember late last year, they had announced that Carl Lumbly, wonderful act, African-American actor, Carl Lumbly is, is goat to me. A lot of people, mm-hmm. I'm showing my age, but Carl <laughs> Lumbly was actually one of the first black actors to play a superhero of sorts on primetime television. He had a show called Mantis. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah, he was, Carl Lumbly played this brilliant scientist um, who was um, injured. I don't know if it was a car accident, but he becomes paralyzed from the the waist Mm -hmm. down. And so he uses um, his genius and his, his technology to create this suit called Mantis, which allows him to walk, fly, fight, all of that. And what was interesting was like I was actually able to find like the first episode on YouTube somewhere. Really? And let me tell you something. This show came out in the 90s. They were talking some real shit. They were already really? talking they were they were already talking about racism in the first episode. I was like, "Oh, okay." Wow, <laughs> I'm going to have to dig that up cuz I do remember yeah. that series and I I'm pretty sure I saw it cuz I yeah. you know, I was trying to watch anything superhero related back then, but I have to check that out. Yeah, anybody, if you have a chance, Google Carl Lumbly, Mantis. Try to see if you can find the episodes. Come back to me. Let me know what you think. Um, and also, Carl Lumbly is known as uh, voicing John Jones and Martian Manhunter That's right. throughout the entire run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I He's pretty much every Black actor that they've gotten to voice John Jones and Man- Martian Man- has been a win for me. Um, I love yeah. all of them, but you know, Carl Lumbly, he's like, you know, he's been there the longest or whatever. So, yeah, he's um, got a pretty distinctive voice too. He does. So, yeah. So, anyway, it was announced late last year that Carl Lumbly was going to be in, uh, was going to, was going to be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but his role is undisclosed. If you go to IMDb, he's in it for one hmm. episode. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't. So I was like, is that so I was thinking and other people that's been the the internet theory is that he might potentially be 
uh, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So give us the rundown on who Isaiah Bradley is. You know what? My, my Isaiah Bradley info isn't, you know, like I know Isaiah, but I didn't mm-hmm. read many of the series where they, uh, they go into his background. So I'm not as up on him as I am like Falcon and stuff. Right. So right. I'm kind of excited myself to get right. some of that history on, on that. You know, I do know that he's supposed, he was the first Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. But I do know that much, but I don't know like the, like his origin story of like how he became the first Captain America. Right. So, um, basically Isaiah Bradley, there was a comic book that was written, I want to say it was like 2005 and it was called, right. yeah. And it was called the truth. Uh-huh. Right. And basically the, the, the take was that before Steve Rogers, we know what the super serum is with anything, you've got to test it on somebody. Mm. So the, so the storyline was that they actually recruited black soldiers, much like, like it's very much a metaphor or a reflection of the Tuskegee. Yes. So they had black soldiers that came in and they experimented the super, they tried the super serum on these black soldiers. And Isaiah Bradley was one of their more successful case studies. Like he got the super strength, whatever, whatever, but they would not let him be Captain America because he was black. Mm. And so they went to Steve Rogers um, and so what's interesting about <clears throat> Isaiah Bradley is that it is a, it's sort of like this multi-generational. Um, he goes on to have a son named Elijah Bradley. He also has powers. And then he has a son, a grandson called Josiah X. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all three. So it's like this, this, this is the show that Disney Plus needs to get on. I've yeah, been the whole yelling for this. I was yelling for this. I was like, what would that look like? Um, but yeah, so the idea is that it could potentially, the theory is that Carl Lumbly could potentially be Isaiah Bradley because, and that it would make would be sense. so that it, cool. Yeah. And it would be like, I'd be like, okay, I'd be interested <laughs> mm-hmm. to see that. But then the question is like, and I'll ask you this. So then the question is this, could Marvel, because we know that the Mar- that the MCU is leaning in more towards racism, right? But mm-hmm. if they do tackle the storyline of Isaiah Bradley, th- the question is, does that cast a shadow on Steve Rogers and the basically the legacy of, of, of Captain America? Because if that story, if, if they decide to tackle that storyline and it's like, well, they experimented on black men. Um, and these were some of the side effects. And th- the one black man who w- who was able to have the same exact powers as Steve was told, "Take a seat because you're black." Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I don't. I don't think it would. I don't think it would affect Steve. Uh, I don't think it would affect Steve's legacy because Steve wasn't involved with that. You know. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it would kind of put even more um shade on the u.s government <laughs> yeah you know legacy but I, but since steve d- wasn't like directly involved in it i think his legacy is you know kind of solid mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. but but wow that would be so awesome if they did tackle that right and, oh, and i feel like yeah go ahead and i was gonna say i feel like it would be good for sam somebody who's just struggling with you know taking the legacy of Captain America on to talk to, you know, this Isaiah Bradley, who was actually the first true captain, you know, that would be mm-hmm. an awesome 
interaction. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think the thing is, I, I'm going to say that Kevin Feige would probably swing for the fences with this storyline. I think he would I do it. So. I hope so. I think so. he would do it. I think there are some other creators that would be afraid. They'd be like, oh, no, we don't we don't want to touch that storyline because, yeah. you know, it'll make the white man look bad. But, but I he doesn't have anything to worry about. Yeah, like. no, I, yeah, he does it. I mean, yeah. you know, Steve is who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think that could be a really powerful storyline. That could be a really powerful storyline. And, and it opens up, like you said, it opens up a lot of discussions. And what it does is it, it will definitely um, affect Sam in a way where it's like, wow, okay, so this is, he was already ambivalent about carrying the shield. Yeah. And then, and then if he finds out more about how the super serum came to be and black people's involvement, you know, black soldiers involvement with it in the beginning, I think that could make, that could blow people's minds. I don't think people will be ready for that. Yeah. Like, and what? I think, and that could make him be like, well, I deserve this, you know, yes. Actually, <laughs> you, you know, right. he could come full circle after finding that out. Wow. You know what? I didn't think about that, Robert. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Because to, to know that there was a black man who could have done it, because then democracy could have looked a lot different, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. if, if, if our Captain America was black, and it's it's not the same as, and let me be clear, it's not the same as like when you race bend a white character to be black. No. Right. What, right. what the Marvel canon is saying, Marvel Comics canon is saying, before Steve, this man was, this black man was Captain America, but the American government was so fucking racist, they were like, we can't have this symbol. Because remember, they talk about a lot about that in the first episode about symbolism, right? And, and heroism. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I agree with you. I think if they do that storyline, that could perhaps push Sam to be like, I am ready to take the shield, and that he can redefine what that legacy mm-hmm. and what that could mean. Oh man, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps because yeah. I really hope they do it. <laughs> yeah, really that would be fantastic. That yeah, would be yeah. fantastic. Um, oh, by the way, just um, I wanted to with uh, Isaiah Bradley. I'm sorry, his son was Josiah X, and his grandson is Elijah Black. Is, okay. is Elijah Bradley? Um, but yeah, I am. I would love to see if they tackle this in. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would love to see, even if it's an animated form, I would mm-hmm. love to see a story of the Bradley family. Like, yeah, me what, too. And we know they're yeah. doing animated stuff too. Yo, for what Disney if? Plus. What if? Yeah, it exactly. So good. I look oh. so good. When is it yeah, coming saw, out? It's coming out pretty soon. I, I don't know the exact date, but yeah, when I saw the Black Panther one, I was like, what? And they said Chadwick voiced it. They yeah, said, that's yeah. Chadwick did voice it. Yeah. I'm gonna. So I think the storyline is that is what if T'Challa became Star Lord? So he's a little that's boy with right. Wakanda, that's and right. they take him up in the ship, and he becomes Star Lord. That's and right. I'm like, I want to see that. I'm like, yes. So I'm, that's I'm, something I'm, I would have never thought of. Me neither. Me neither. So I I never read the What If comic books, but I mean, oh, listen, I did. Based, yeah, I did. you did. Oh wow. Based on like what I saw from the trailers, I'm definitely looking forward to that Peggy Carter episode where like oh she where did. she's Captain America or Captain yeah, Britain. Britain. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to see that. I I, I love. I've always been a fan of Haley Atwell. I think Peggy is one of the best uh, women characters in the MCU. Speaking of which, also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're bringing back uh, Sharon, the Sharon Carter character. That's right. Yeah, and you know that Sharon is Peggy's niece. daughter. 
niece, or, niece. That's yeah, right. Her, yeah, her you're niece. right. So, so in a way, the Carter legacy is is living on. And I, I saw an interview with the actress, and she was just like, um, "Yeah, she's going to be fighting a lot." So they said that when they were developing, when they brought her back for Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, they really worked on developing her own fighting style. And just that clip I saw, she was oh, running is... over. So yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And of course, we know one of the main villains of this season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is Zemo. And I have said this many a time that to me, he is actually the best MCU villain. Come he fight is. Because that is. no powers. He just came with receipts. And he was like, <laughs> I'm going to fuck y'all up. And crush the Avengers. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? Even Thanos couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Thanos blipped people. Yes, yes, he did all of that. But I'm saying, like, for you to take a group and just be like, yeah. I'm going to have y'all hate yourself, just hate each other. And what's interesting is I've always I've always said this, is that to me, why I feel that Zemo is such an effective... Let me say he's the most effective villain. Let me say that. Mm-hmm, right. One of the reasons why I think he's one of the most effective villains is that by fracturing the Avengers in Civil War, that's what opened them up to Infinity War. Because it imagine, sure did. It sure right? did. Because if they were a united front, Thanos would have never gotten as far as he did. Mm-hmm. He would have yep. never gotten as far as he did. But Steve's off over there with his team. Tony's over there. They weren't communicating with each nope. other. So by the you know by the time shit popped off, it was like. Oh, maybe I should call Steve. Maybe you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It was like, yeah, they were spending all that time trying to gather everybody up, and yeah. Thanos was doing his thing. Right. Whereas I was just like, and it's it like to to fracture a friendship and alliances, like that's the worst kind of hurt. Like when I watch Civil War, I'm just hurt. Emotionally. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just like Steve and Tony ain't friends, and it was just like you know, just people not talking to each people. Well, I have a question for you because I know the Black Widow movie we know has been postponed. It was supposed to come out in theaters last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and from what I understand, Disney doesn't really want to put it on streaming. They want a theatrical release, which I'm fine with. I, I think I want to watch it in a theater. Um, yeah. But what's the, what's the timeline of black widow? Is that between winter? I think Soldier it's between winter uh-huh. soldier and civil war. Oh, okay. pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. Okay. And then she comes back. All right. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Because after yeah. Winter Soldier, that's when she just did the dump. She was like, here, here's all your yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but interestingly enough, that's what caused the shit in Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was the it, info dump that that pulled out the start mm-hmm. assassination. Yes. Yep. yes, yes. And so I don't think they were looking. So I'm guessing that well, actually, when I went back and watched Winter Soldier, they had already dropped sort of an Easter egg of what had happened to start. Because remember when they went to that military base mm-hmm. in New Jersey, and then oh, what's his name? Zola, Zora, the, Dr. Zola, the, the yeah, the, yeah, the one then, with the, in the computer. Yeah, and then that's when he was like, Oh, you thought you got rid of Hydra after World War II, but we were embedded within S.H.I.E.L.D. because we find out that S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh God! Had recruited Hydra scientists, much like the American government had mm-hmm. recruited Nazi scientists with their space program, and so yep. they embedded themselves in Shield and grew like a freaking cancer. And so there was a scene where he was like, Zola was basically saying like, "Oh, we've been um, basically shaping the you know mm-hmm. all the events." And then there was a f- a flash of a newspaper, yeah, where it said Howard Stark dies in car crash. I missed that. I missed yep. that until I watched it two weeks ago. So I was like, 
So that must have been in the file, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then all the stuff of how they brainwashed Bucky. And I was like, girl, you don't even know what you said. <laughs> why did you do that? I mean, I understand why Black Widow did it because she was like, we need a transparency. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, that but you know, Zemo had time, right? He did. He he had all the time. His family was gone, so he had he, all the time. He's scary to me because he's someone who's not He's not moved, like, he's not impulsive. He is very, very methodical. Mm, and and he's got nothing to lose. At all. And those are the people you need to be scared of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, uh, and they brought back Daniel Brule. So, I'm really excited to see what what his take on Zemo this time will be. I understand that he will actually be wearing the Zemo costume with the purple mask and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I know that there's this other faction. They're also, I don't know if they're villains or heroes, but they're the, the, the people with the black mask with the red hand yeah. on their face. And from what we saw from the first episode, it looks like some of them have special abilities. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. So we're going to have to see where that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm hoping everybody will tune in. Uh, the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier will drop on Disney Plus, 3 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what the conversations. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's that, it's that total Friday morning around the water cooler action. Oh, well, luckily we saw it already, so nobody can spoil anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'll, I'm, I'm going to get in, get in the habit, so I'm going to get up and watch it in, again anyway. I think so, too. Yeah, so we'll have to. So I will have to bring you back because, uh, so there's six episodes. I'm going to be looking for the episode with Carl Lumbly because I want to bring you back mm-hmm. to talk about that one. Because I want to see what the, well, actually, I'll tell you what. When I looked at the, when I was looking at the post credits of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you notice there were like a lot of, um. There were like collages of like yep. pa- of newspaper clips. Yep. I saw Car- I saw Carl Lumbly's face in there. Oh, okay. Like All it right. looked like, like it looked like a military file. Let's go there. Let's go Let's- there. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robert Young, for yeah, anytime, today. anytime. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another episode of the Spectrum Lounge podcast. See you on the other side. Mm-hmm.